Welcome to Meet Me the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II. It's so good to have you uh, join us. Uh, we always get excited, and the energy level goes up to at least six when we talk <laughs> movies with you. Not and that so, high. Uh, really Not happy. that high. And, and, you know, with Douglas Davidson over here, Douglas Davidson, he actually brings it up to at least a six and a, a half. And a half. So, yeah. Uh, we're glad, a whole for, half. glad for that one. Uh, <laughs> and, and Thomas is going to come in after the break, and maybe he'll go up to six and three quarters. But, uh, and then, I, then I take a nosedive. <laughs> right. Well, Ned Ryerson over here from Case Western High, <laughs> uh, he, does, he does take it down a little bit. Uh, you've been real popular there this past week with Groundhog Day. And, uh, oh, yeah. He, do you still do that belly button whistling thing that you did back in high school, that trick? You no, no, I, that got me in trouble one time. Okay. I did that in the wrong place. Well, uh, Phil Connor said hello, <laughs> and uh, he, he's looking forward to, to having you on the show sometime talking weather. I so, can't wait. Awesome. Greg Tillman uh, over there beside uh, whatever camera that happens to be, camera one, I think, and uh, we are glad to have Douglas back. Uh, back in, uh, back on, in the uh, studio, uh, studio control, we've got, oh man, it's like a party back there. Have an audience. You've got, uh, you got Lane and Tanner, and there's Thomas, <laughs> yeah, Thomas is uh, going over his notes, uh, and there's uh, Tim, Tim on the Tim camera, the Elvis Nolmesley, our uh, studio mascot. So. Yeah, someone asked me the other day, what's that gnome doing? <laughs> it's, it's a long story, you don't want to know. Hanging out. Yeah. yeah. Well, we are going to be talking movies today. We've got a lot to talk about to, to try to cram in. Um, it is Oscar time. It's the end of awards season. Things yep. are wrapping up. We're not going to spend a whole show doing Oscars. Uh, but we do want to talk about, um, during the course of the show, Oscar standouts. One standout film or nominee, mm -hmm. and it could be uh, anything relating to Oscars that stand out for you for the year. So, Douglas, we'll kind of start with you and let you tell us why. This, this was a hard choice when you say to pick an Oscar nominee that stands out. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really like picking your favorite child. Mm -hmm. But strangely... It's not that hard to do. <laughs> well, I mean, I only have the one, so it's really my easy. My kids don't watch the show. <laughs> I don't think. But, but for me, I had yeah, to go with... Catherine. Catherine's oh. my Wait, favorite whoa, child. Wait, I haven't met her yet. I'd probably agree with you. You know, Thomas, Thomas is in the other room. He does watch the show. Sorry. Douglas, back to you. Oh, right. Right. What were we talking about? Wow. Right, right. Movies. Uh, but I, I have to go with Jojo Rabbit. Okay. I, yeah. I was surprised. Un I can't. That is how surprised I was by how hard Jojo Rabbit hit me. Yeah. Uh, I'm familiar with Taika's work. Taika Waititi, the director who adapted the book. Uh, to tell this story, it is breathtaking, yeah. and it hit me like a sledgehammer by the end of it, yeah. which was incredibly surprising. I knew that it was going to be satirical in nature. I knew that it was going to approach the Holocaust topic yeah. in, in a unique way because I was looking at it from a child's perspective, which is often more sheltered particularly coming from a Nazi German child right. and looking at it from that propaganda angle. Uh, I, I was immediately taken in when he's using the German version of the Beatles, or the, a, a Beatles song sung in German, I should say, from the, out, from the outset. But that moment when Jojo finds the butterfly yeah. is when this film solidified it to me. Yeah. Jojo just, and it's rewatchable, it's, yeah. a, it's a solid film, and 
the writing is so well done, mm -hmm. um, the production design, the acting, the young acting. Oh, wow. Um, oh, yeah. the, the kids, both kids who are in this film, solid film, well worth checking out if you get a chance. So I'm glad that was on, on your list. Awesome, awesome. Well, we're going to get to mine later on in the show because we've only got Douglas for the first half. So this is kind of a, a spotlight on Douglas. Uh, there is a, as it uh, should be. As it should be. No, um, there we, is don't, a, we don't need that. We don't need that. <laughs> I have a heavenly choir music. I bring my own. That, yeah, bring that my own. we just played. <laughs> well, there's another film uh, that you are going to review. It's a Sony classic film. Uh, Tim Roth, Clive Owen, uh, Eddie yeah. Izzard, I think, in this movie as well. Very briefly, but um, yeah, you can't. So miss let, me, it. let me hear this. Uh, hear about this movie called The Song of Names. It, it's it's a mute. Amusing isn't the right word, but it's convenient to go from Jojo Rabbit to The Song of Names. The Song of Names is directed by Francois Gerard, who did The Red Violin. It's another film that deals with the Holocaust, except what's also interesting about it is it takes another unique perspective, mm. where Jojo Rabbit is looking at it from a German child and dealing with the war. This one is actually about a young boy whose father brings him from Poland to London to study music. He is a prodigy with the violin. And the young man who plays him, uh, Luke Doyle, is actually a prodigy violinist. He's never acted before. But they needed someone who could convey that. And through this story, going sort of forwards and backwards in time in a similar manner to what Little Women did, Greta Gerwig's version, where it uses sort of memory to take us backwards and forwards, yeah. they do the same thing in the Song of Names. And it's a mystery because uh, the film begins with this prodigy as a young man about to give this concert that everybody's been waiting for, but he never shows up. Wow. And 35 years later, Tim Roth, as the, his friend grown up, starts to find little clues that leads him to where his friend ended up. Oh, wow. And in finding out that story, it's captivating, it's beautiful, and particularly someone as myself who has grown up with a variety of stories around the Holocaust, and watching this around Holocaust Remembrance Day was yeah. incredibly powerful. Wow. And it's expanding into more and more theaters since its December 25th release. Cannot recommend it enough. Awesome. And your rating for this? Solid A. Solid A. Solid A. Uh, movie Song of Names. Um, where does the title come from? Is that a, a I would spoiler? rather leave okay. that Good. That's fine. for the audience to discuss. Awesome. Okay, Song of Names and Select Theaters Now. It is a Sony classic. We're going to go from uh, films in theaters to films you can uh, check out in home delivery. Uh, this is a movie that uh, I really wanted to see in theaters, and it did not stick around long. Which is a shame. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi in a Stephen King film. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. You know, you put those two together. Dr. Sleep. Yeah. Uh, is now out uh, for home delivery. So you, you've had a chance to look at all Wait, the... did he play Obi-Wan in this movie? <laughs> yeah, he did. Well, and, and he's got the shine, so a little bit. A little bit. I really want to see it. You, you will love this movie. <laughs> so uh, you got a chance to look at the, all the behind the scenes, and Absolutely. is there an extended cut as well? It's, uh, it's not just an extended cut by 30 minutes. It's the director's wow. cut. So Mike Flanagan, who... He, he, he did Gerald's Game back in 2017, but most recently The Haunting of Hill House, if I remember right, is the name, for Netflix. And he's sort of gotten this great following because of those two projects. And he adapted Stephen King's 2013 book. And with this director's cut, which is the only version I've seen, it's three hours long. I can't recommend it enough. Wow, okay. I saw The Shining 
and as a freshman taking a class where we read the book and watched the movie, and I left it unimpressed. Yeah. And I recently rewatched The Shining in preparation for Dr. Sleep, and what Mike Flanagan has done not only takes all the things that bothered Stephen King about the Kubrick adaptation, but also adapts the book itself in a beautiful way where it's sort of its own thing, that it is a wonderful successor to The Shining. It's a companion piece. Mm -hmm. And where The Shining is a film about addiction and about our failings and our rage, and Dr. Sleep becomes a film about healing and about mm. catharsis and about how when we hold on to these traumas, instead of dealing with them and forgiving ourselves for them, how, how we can actually heal and move on, all centered around a story that is so phenomenal with performances yeah. so great from Rebecca Ferguson as Rose the Hat. Just, just every time she shows up, you want more of her. And it's a, it's a phenomenal performance, in fact, from the uh, newcomer Kylie Curran. I believe. She's only done one other thing before this. This really sort of puts her on the map. I want to see more of her. And just her relationship with Ewan McGregor is so phenomenal. And the behind the scenes features, there's about three good ones, varying in length, totaling about 35 minutes. But the little bit of details that if you loved The Shining, this just really showcases how much effort and thought Flanagan put into recreating that to help sort of, as I said earlier, marry these two stories awesome. together. It is, I cannot recommend the director's cut enough because yeah. he didn't just take, he himself worked with the, Warner Brothers to add new scenes, alternate scenes, or extended scenes. So this isn't just, here's deleted scenes we put into the movie. He sort of handpicked what goes wow. in there. Okay. So if you've never seen this, just go straight okay, to great. the director's cut. Watch his version of the film. You, you won't regret it. Awesome. Yeah, I wanted to see it. I missed it. Yeah, and now you, uh, now I love the book. I absolutely you're, love you're the book. You're going where I was going to go, but go ahead. But Kubrick's film, there were things I liked about it. Actually, some, some things I loved about it, the production design, mm -hmm. some of the, uh, you know, kind of the, the technical aspect. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Nicholson yeah. was just crazy fun. Yeah. But the movie itself left me same wanting thing. more. Same thing. Yeah. I, I never really cared for The Shining. The mini-series of The Shining. Yeah, with the guy from Wayne. Stephen Weber. Yeah. Was uh, was a better adaptation. Even King liked that one yeah. better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would recommend that. Can you find you... that one? Yeah. Is that one available? I, actually, you can find it on my bookshelf with all of my other. DVDs. <laughs> you know what? That doesn't help anyone <laughs> watching this. Yeah, you can. Well, you they can just well, wait a minute. Maybe. What's your address? <laughs> Amazon. You can check it out, and okay. you can you can purchase it. I don't know if it's available streaming for streaming, yeah. but you can purchase a, a copy of yeah. it. But uh, but great. And your rating for this? Solid A. Solid A. I absolutely love it. All right it. for Doctor Sleep. Well, we'll do. I'll do a, a, another uh, segue into Stephen King. If you love Stephen King, there are there's never um, too much Stephen King to go around. You can find it everywhere, and I'm talking about new stuff, which really amazes me what yeah. he has continued to be able to do. And if you like uh, episodic television, uh, you can find quite a bit of his stuff, including uh, Castle Rock. Uh, there are two seasons of Castle Rock available uh, through Hulu. Uh, and, and what I love about what has been created here, Stephen King didn't write Castle Rock, but he has given his permission and blessing for a couple of writers to pull together threads from so many other uh, Stephen King stories, uh, films, and written pieces uh, to pull odd things happening within the town of Castle Rock. So just within season one and two, which is wrapped up uh, not too long ago, you'll find connections to Shawshank Redemption, 
uh, Misery, Salem's Lot, Cujo, The Shining, uh, It, and much more. And uh, it's, it's done incredibly well. It's not perfect by any means, and the way that these, the series is put together is an anthology. And so season one follows one storyline, season two will follow another storyline, but it all takes place within that town uh, and the surrounding towns uh, from Castle Rock. Just a heck of a lot of fun. I, I appreciate the anthology format because there is typically closure at the end of, of that season. And season two follows, if anybody is a fan of Misery, uh, it follows the, the lead character of Misery that, didn't, that, that did the breaking of the legs. <laughs> so you kind of see her, her pre-story. It's, it's worth checking me. out, and so I'm giving uh, both seasons a B plus. Uh, it's, it's, it's worth your time. So uh, if you like Stephen King and you like uh, twisty, uh, twisty nightmares, um, hey, go for it. Uh, unless you uh, have or prone to nightmares, and so you know. uh, I am. I typically yeah, really? don't. Yeah, I typically don't dig Stephen King. I don't really read his books. I loved. I love the Green Mile and Shawshank Redemption, the short story that it's based around. But uh, his movies is more of where I've come in because I can handle that a little bit more. Cat's Eye stuff like that. Loved right. Cat's Eye yeah. as a kid. And you just don't watch him before you go to bed. Yeah. You know. You, yeah. You learn. Yeah. Although you could with Dr. Sleep. Not because it'll put you to sleep, but it's, it's one of those strange Unlike things where, show. much yeah. like Kubrick, where the, the tension came from knowing something was going to happen. Right. This film doesn't rely on jump scares in that same way. So the, the nightmares, if you will, gotcha. won't come after this. Gotcha. All right. Well, Douglas, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to take an intermission. We're going to come back, uh, talk about another Stephen King series you may want to check out. And also Thomas Manning is going to give uh, us a look at the uh, new documentary on, uh, on his main squeeze, Taylor Swift. <laughs> that and more right after this quick uh, intermission. They're going to put me in the movies. They're going to make a big star out of me. Hi, I'm Shara Miller, the host of Artworks. Each month we bring to you wonderful, talented artists from here in, in Cleveland County and, and the region. We have artists, we have potters, we have painters, we have musicians, we have actors. We just have wonderful artists that come to you and tell you about all that they're doing, their creativity, what inspires them. Join me here on Artworks each month on C19. You can also watch us online at c19.tv. These days, having a secure job really matters. Take plumbing, for instance. No matter what's going on with the economy, there will always be a need for professional plumbers to fix problems, help finish a new home or renovation, and make sure the plumbing works just right. Plus, professional plumbers can make a very good living. CCC offers what you need to get going with your career as a plumber. We have a fast-track certificate program to give you top-notch residential plumbing skills and knowledge of code requirements. Our more in-depth diploma program can give you the technical know-how and skills to handle residential and some big commercial projects. You learn how to lay, install, and maintain piping fixtures and systems for gas, hot water, drainage, sprinkling, and plumbing processing systems in any environment. Job security, good pay, professional status. Now the question is, are you ready to start your journey today? Big star out of me. 
Welcome back oh, yeah, to Meeting in the Movies. It's um, here. Yeah, never mind. Anyway, <laughs> no, well, in the second. Well, we're back. You got Mr. Tillman there looking at his list going, hey, you didn't let me know JoJo Rabbit was on the rundown. And then he said, oh, yeah, 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 you did. Well, you didn't put it in bold face. <laughs> I have to have things Bold face. All right, yeah. Ned Ryerson. Make I note. will do my best. <laughs> needle, needle, what is it? Needle nose, Ned? Needle neck, Ned? What was it? Do you I, remember, Thomas? I don't know what you're talking about. You, you never yeah. watched Groundhog Day. Uh, I didn't, unfortunately. Dude, I, I know. Really? What the heck are you doing on the uh, show? I'm a father of you. <laughs> yeah. That's right. We've already had a conversation. <laughs> yeah, we've had many yeah, conversations. Exactly. We already have a fractured relationship <laughs> that's here. That's exactly right. Well, I, before the break, I was talking about Stephen King, and so was uh, Douglas, who I think is hanging out with, uh, with Tim back there. Tim can. He's somewhere. There he is, waving some crazy hand, like from Cousin, cousin uh, it. it or something. Uh, but uh, we, we talked about uh, Dr. Sleep, which yep. I really want to check out, the director's yeah. cut. Also talked about the Hulu series uh, that is available for watching called Castle Rock. There's another series that I want to recommend. This is HBO. The season just started, so it's you know, four or five episodes in. The movie, uh, the, I'm sorry, the show is called The Outsider, and it is, it is as good as you would expect from an HBO series. Uh, this is based on a Stephen King uh, book, and uh, it follows this um, this crime, this death of this small kid, and uh, the the little league coach is arrested for the murder. Claims he didn't do it. Uh, there is proof that he didn't do it, but there's also proof that he did. It takes these weird weird turns uh, and you all, all, all of a sudden you're going down this this uh, this show that is a cross between uh, Andy Griffith uh, an Andy Griffith nightmare combined with things out of fringe combined with true detective and and the way it is put together just draws you in the cast is solid um, uh, we've got Jason Bateman uh, as a lead for the first few episodes. He's always good. And he also directs one of the episodes, and I was watching it, and I was just blown away by the way it was directed. did not realize he had directed it until the end, and I was like, wow. <laughs> I mean, I even got Thomas to come in at one point and said, look at this shot. Look at this yeah. shot. Um, I cannot recommend this enough. It's early enough, and you can, uh, you can check it out. Uh, even if you don't have HBO, you can, you can purchase them on demand. But highly recommend. So so far, I'm a solid A. Uh, and and the movie Harriet, who was the lead actress in Harriet? Cynthia Erivo. There you go. Yeah. Good job, Thomas. She also has a, a part in this. Uh, Thomas, uh, recently, and this is a horrible segue, but recently Eddie Murphy uh, got some awards. He got a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Critics' Choice. He also uh, received uh, from the African American Film Critics another Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, you've had a chance to go back and start revisiting some work that's yeah. not Daddy Daycare. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> Which I love Daddy Daycare, by the way. But uh, Beverly Hills Cop was a film that Thomas had never seen. And I said, let's, let's revisit this and also let's see if it holds up to the time. So give yeah. me your thoughts on this movie that goes back to 1984. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it definitely holds up. Uh, Eddie Murphy, it's really interesting to see him back. That was kind of in his younger days, uh, I guess <laughs> fresh off of Saturday Night Live at that point. And uh, it's kind of a detective story, but in a different roundabout way because you know who done it. It's more of an uh, what open mystery? Is that yeah, the it's, way it's, you Yeah, you, you know who did it, it but yeah. you're trying to figure out, okay, how is yeah, this going to yeah, end? Kind yeah. of a clash of cultures, too, yeah. between yeah. two cities, yeah. two departments. Yeah. Um, just the screenplay is just outstanding. The 
writing the dialogue, the mo the monologues that Eddie Murphy has. He just <laughs> just goes off. He just rambles, goes off on these crazy tangents, and you just can't take your eyes off him. Yeah. And he just carries such a charisma with him. Um, his interactions with all the other colorful cast of characters. Um, it was actually nominated for Best Original Screenplay in '84. And, um, you know, they really put a lot of money into some of the uh, practical effects, some of the car stunts. Uh, even in the first 10 minutes, you're like, oh, wow, okay. The, uh, I wonder how much money they spent destroying this entire city block right here. And uh, so it really holds up. I was really impressed going back and uh, getting, you know, seeing some of the foundations that he had laid. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, I haven't seen this in... in maybe a couple of decades. I haven't revisited it. I don't know if it. I've seen it since 84. Um, and so to, to revisit it, you know, now, I mean, we're talking, you know, it's 84. Uh, I was really impressed yeah. with how well it's held up. He was up. probably in his early 20s. He was still on SNL yeah, when he made yeah. that. Yeah, um, And the, the movie really does capture the 80s because, you know, you think about the 80s and so many of those films would use, uh, instead of using composing as we typically think about film composers, now they would use music, music supervisors and they would get soundtracks to be able to sell. Oh yeah, huge soundtracks. Yeah, and yeah. To, sell, to sell the soundtracks because they would pop music on and bringing them up on MTV and all of that stuff. And it really worked. Um, you know, there was Axel Foley's theme that was constant. Harold Faltermeyer, I think, as he did that. Yeah, and and that right. theme was consistent every time you'd see yeah. Eddie on screen. But um, it wasn't about the composing, it was really about how those songs kind of set the stage. And it's still a solid film. And it's the influence I, of MTV. It really yeah. is, and I, I still enjoyed it. I found myself laughing again, yeah. even though I knew those jokes were coming. Is that the only early Eddie Murphy movie you've seen? Oh, uh, honestly, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm behind, but uh, I need to watch so like, Coming, to, Coming places. to America yeah. is another one of Definitely those. Definitely places. places yeah. and also 48 and, hours. And I say The Golden Child. A lot of people don't remember oh, I love that, that. that wasn't a big hit. Yeah, I, I really think it like came that. right after maybe Beverly Hills yeah. Cop. And yeah. kind of under the radar, a lot of people have forgotten yeah. that, but it's, it's a pretty you what, good film. I tell you what, you know, we may do uh, an Eddie Murphy theme show. That'd be fun. To go back and look at some of these. The best and the worst. Yeah, I think that's a lot of both. Yeah, Pluto Nash would be on my best. Yeah, really? No, no, no. So thanks, Thomas. Appreciate you sharing that. There's also a new documentary that Netflix just dropped. Taylor Swift, you and you and Taylor go way back. You've been a you guys dated Freddie Highmore at one time. Yes, she did date Freddie Highmore, and so. You, uh, is that a dog barking? <laughs> um, I heard that. I was doing the same thing. But <laughs> well, let's oh, get your thoughts yeah, yeah. On, uh, on this Taylor Swift documentary. Yeah, so it's called. We do uh, have these wild dogs in here. I apologize. <laughs> We're yep. working on it. Well, yeah. it's a, a Netflix original it's, uh, titled Miss Americana. She's got a new track on her new album called uh, Miss Americana, directed by uh, Lana Wilson. And uh, it really gives some valuable insight into many facets of her life. Um, you see some behind-the-scenes music production. It's really interesting to see her just kind of in her element, hanging out like sweatpants, eating burritos, and then making new music. And just it felt really just real and authentic. And hanging out with her producers behind the scenes, uh, there, there were you kind of saw some flashbacks, some old home videos and stock footage of her from like 13, 14, 15 years old and making her way up in the music industry, performing at like little local bars and taverns and then just seeing her climb the ladder basically. Um, you got to see, um, there was just so much about it that they provided a glimpse in. You saw how passionate she's become 
with uh, using her influence to uh, influence political and social uh, matters in the United States uh, because she's, what, 30 years old now? And she's gained wow. such a following over the years that what her words matter, and she has a lot of uh, passion and a lot of heart for some a lot of issues. In the I, I've been amazed when you think about what she's been able to do, yeah. Greg. I mean, you're oh, a musician, yeah. Yeah. and I never would have guessed when she was a country artist, yeah. right, that we would be able to see her transcend yeah. not just that genre, but but break through and be a pioneer in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. As of what, she hit it, what, 17 or something yeah. like that? Yeah, and you could tell yeah. then she was the real deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the songs were, were quality. She was she definitely a performer. Yeah. yeah, she had she was there. And I would have never guessed, though, like like I think you were saying, that, that she would evolve the way she has. Yeah. She's grown every step with every album. I think it's interesting. We've, we've seen crossover artists bounce back and forth yeah. between charts between genres that's that's nothing new but the way she's been able to do it and command it and then have people in those particular genres look up to her yeah she's yeah. not losing fans no, she's building she's gaining them. them yeah, yeah. it's yeah. amazing her. so other key thoughts from from the documentary that you think um, are worthy of sharing the way the montages were edited together really impressed me um there was just one in particular that stands out. You see her hanging out and just kind of talking about this is the music video she wants to create. We're going to have this happening and this happening and this happening. And as she's saying those, then you get to see little behind the scenes snippets of each and everything she says become a reality while they're making the music video. And just you had a lot of those montages throughout the entire piece. It really impressed me and uh, just you saw that she's been through a lot. She's had a lot of struggles in the spotlight from that young of an age. Yeah. And growing up in that, it hasn't been easy for her. Right. But to see where she is now, it's really uplifting yeah. and empowering. Yeah. yeah, she's overcome quite a bit. Yeah. Um, sorry, <laughs> losing my voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what is your rating for this? Uh, I'd give it a solid A-. minus. Um, certain parts of it seemed to bounce back okay. and forth. I couldn't quite decide which part of her life it wanted to discuss, but uh, gotcha. overall, I'd say it's balanced enough and just really valuable okay. insight. A minus. Yeah. And uh, Oscar standout, what's the one Oscar standout you have for you the year? You need some water. And why? I've got some water here. Uh, you got 40 seconds to share this thought. Oh yeah, I got uh, Little Women. Uh, you know, Greta Gerwig wrote and directed it. It's got what, six Oscar nominations, including adapted screenplay and best picture. Uh, I think Greta Gerwig should have been nominated for Best Director. Okay. Um, just such an incredible ensemble cast. Uh, Saoirse Ronan, Florence Pugh. Yeah. Uh, the list goes on and on. Those, those two were Oscar nominated as well. Uh, just an incredibly beautiful and warm story. It just kind of, it'll lift you up one minute and break you down yeah. the next, but uh, overall just left me with a warm feeling. And, and a, a good movie to watch with your sister as well. Oh yeah, right? yeah. I watched it with mm. my sister Catherine and she, well, I don't know if I should say, but she cried a couple times. And, uh, I'm sorry, you know, I'm not laughing at crying. I'm really not. Yeah, to see how many times, to see how much it moved her, kind of moved man. me in a way as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Florence Pugh, what a year for yeah. her, uh, you know, fighting with my family, uh, which is now just dropped uh, for, for Hulu uh, viewers as well, and uh, Midsummer. Uh, so she's had just an amazing yeah. year. So uh, my Oscar nominee standout is Parasite which has just uh, been the awards show season, darling. And rightfully so, it is a film that uh, transcends 
culture, it transcends language, and uh, I've loved this film on every single level, and, and I want to thank uh, Eric Martian back in, uh, he's a film critic in Canada, and uh, he and I connected uh, back in October for the Irishman uh, premiere, and he said, if you don't watch any other film this year, watch Parasite, and Thomas and I did, and we were just blown away, and so every award that Parasite's been getting, it has earned. And so I cannot recommend that enough. Do you have any Oscar nominee standouts that are a movie? That now is, you ask. Yeah, um, and it can be a cinematography. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Okay. There's just nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, really appreciate uh, everyone who's taken the time uh, to spend with us today. I do have a movie quote, as we uh, like to have, for, to wrap things up. And this does come from uh, Fighting With My Family. Uh, this comes from, uh, from Page Knight. Uh, you know, it belongs to everyone who, uh, this, this show, this life, it belongs to everyone who has ever felt like they were a freak from Norwich. The oddballs, the outsiders, the ones who don't belong. Uh, thanks so much to Tim back there on the Tim Cam and our interns, uh, Tanner and Lane. Uh, Tanner's back there uh, not paying attention, but there you go. Uh, and Just Douglas, like in class. Appreciate Douglas as well. <laughs> and uh, Thomas, thank you for joining us. Greg Tillman. Uh, thank you, as always. Uh, appreciate the show. Appreciate our listeners and our viewers. Uh, so send us that email, info at c19.tv, and, uh, and, and we'll read it on the air uh, if, it's, if it's not too bad. Until next time, that's a wrap. Happy